We're starting Kuf Chav Gimel Amid Aleph today. And uh, we were coming off of yesterday, if you remember, we had a, uh, a machlekes over here, whether uh, if a person can take, can repurpose a uh, blacksmith's hammer, okay, um, so that's called, what's called the klisha melachtoi le'iser, can he repurpose it to use it to crack open nuts on Shabbos? And uh, originally, Rav Yehuda wanted to say no, that the Mishnah, that when it said you can use a hammer to crack open nuts, it was only a nut-cracking hammer. And we asked Akasha on that, and Rabba, you know, re-answered the no, that the Mishnah is talking about, it has to be talking about um, even a blacksmith's hammer. So we see a klisha malachter le'iser, the, it's sitting, right, it's meant to, it's a, a hammer that's meant to hammer nails into the wall, okay? Litzerich gufai is equals when I repurpose the kli to use it, okay? Now, just I guess as an introduction for today, I'm going to discuss that for a second. There's basically three purposes one would move a kli. Number one would be what's called litzerich gufai to repurpose the kli. I want to use it instead of banging nut, nails into the wall to crack open a nut. The second one we've had before is letzerech mekaymai, that the hammer is laying on the table. I need to put something on that table where the hammer is. So I move the hammer, not, or I want to move the hammer, not to use the hammer, but because I need the space. That's called letzerech mekaymai. And then there's a third there's a third category of called mechama letzel. So the mechama letzel means, let's say I want to protect the kli from getting damaged. Okay, let's say it would get damaged in the sun. So I want to, to protect the, to, I don't need the space, it's not for me, but for the kli itself. And these are degrees of, of severity almost of mutza. That it will be more mekel when I want to reuse the kli for a purpose, purposeful heter, so there's more of a reason to allow you to use that clee because I need to use it for a purpose. You know, I almost want to repurpose this clee from a klisha malachta le'iser to what's called a klisha malachta le'heter. And then one degree down is I don't need the clee at all. I don't need to use the clee. I just need the space. And then the last degree, meaning the one that would make sense to be the most mukta, is to try to move a clee to save the clee itself. That doesn't help me on Shabbos at all. So that would be the, you know, the, the lowest level of the three. Okay, so anyways, so we're talking, just to get back here, we're talking about a, a uh, blacksmith's hammer, repurposing it to use to crack open nuts on Shabbos. The Mishnah said it was okay, and that's the way Rabbo learns the Mishnah. The second line on Kuf Gimel. So Abai is going to ask the Kasha on Rabba, which is a mortar. Okay, mortar is, uh, you ever see the things like on the pharmacy, on the corner, like the M one, it's got like a, almost like a cup, like a stick, okay, that's called a mortar, right? The stick is the mortar, goes into the pestle as the cup. So a mortar, maducha. Im yesh bashum, if it has, if it has uh, garlic on it, then metaltal and isai, vin lav, ain metaltal and isai. So we see here that in order to use a maducha, it's, it must be a busless ladav or hamutter. That it can't even, if it's a klisha, melachta le'isser, right? Normally, grinding ingredients is asr on Shabbos. What's the purpose of the mortar and the pestle is to grind up garlic on Shabbos, right? And what we're saying is that the only way that I can carry a maducha is not if I want to use it for some purpose on Shabbos. The only way I can use it is 
if it has garlic on it, so I need the garlic that's on it, now it became what's called a basis ledavar hamotar. Ha- but what we're saying is that if it's a cliche melachle le'iser, a maducha, unless it's a basis ledavar hamotar, unless it's a basis, I need to use this mortar basis, right? It becomes a base because it has garlic on it. Then to use the mortar for any other purpose at all would be usher. And that sounds like a kasha. You just said that you can take a blacksmith's hammer, which is a klisha malach de la iser, and use it to crack open knots. A maducha, we said, you cannot repurpose the kli. You can't use it to, let's say, crack open a nut. You wouldn't be able to use this mortar. The only way you can move or be metaltal this or, or carry this mortar is if it had shum on it, the garlic. I need the garlic, and now it's a basus ladavar ha motor. So the Gemara answers, Amarlei, Hamani, Reb Nechemyahi. That is Shitas, this Braisa, Maducha is Shitas Reb Nechemyah. The Amar, Enkli, Ela, Letzerech, Tashmishai. So there's a Shitas Reb Nechemyah, we're going to have it later, just to understand. Reb Nechemyah is the most machmer when it comes to Mukva, when it comes to Mukta. Our Mishnah said that you can, you can repurpose, according to the way Rabbah understood it, you can repurpose a blacksmith's hammer to use to crack open nuts. There is a shita that holds that you can never repurpose a kli ever for any purpose because, and that's from Nehemiah, in kli nitol ela letzerech tashmishai, that a kli can only be used for the purpose of what that kli was created to do. So if it's a blacksmith's hammer, it is always, right, it's a hammer to bang nails into a wall, or bang nails into a shoe, or whatever it is, then that hammer can only be taken, that hammer can never be changed. It can never be made into a cleave that I can use on Chavez. So we have a nutcracker. That's right, go get a nutcracker, that's right. Okay, Ace, today we have another kasha over here, and we're gonna bring these brises, these maducha brises and the alan brises like three times over the next two blots. Over the next two blot. Ace, skip the parentheses, vishavin, here we're talking about Let's say I have a piece of leather and I want to use this piece of leather as a cutting board. I want to cut meat on it. So, v'shavin she'im katsav alav basar she'asar letaltalai that that Beis allowed you to use this leather on Yantif as a cutting board because of a simchas Yantif. So you need to cut your meat, you need to prepare your food. And that's when, it's, uh, that's when it's allowed. Normally, it's a klisha malach de la iser. And we're saying that as soon as you cut your meat on it, so you did what you needed for yantif, we're shoving, everybody's going to agree that it's going to be usher to be metalto. Okay, so again, we see that a klisha malach de la iser cannot be repurposed from a mixer, from a mixer standpoint. Savar, so Savar Abaya, who was asking on Rabbah, we wanted to also say it's like Rav Nechemya, that the, this piece of leather has a specific purpose, and therefore it is usher to ever change its use. Since Abaya heard of the following from Rav, Hakol Moidim Besichi Zairi Umezuri. Everybody agrees when it comes to sichi, our spindles, zairi, our, uh, our like a clothes press, umizuri, and mallets, kivan the cup and alayu, miyachad lahu. Since in Oman, 
okay, is machbed on it, he will not repurpose them at all. Now we had this, we spoke about this yesterday, that we're all talking about normal kalim that could be used for different purposes. But there are certain kalim that a clay uman, right, or, or something that's considered tools of the trade, right? Like we said the example of the, uh, the, the, the Major League Baseball player's bat. He's not going to let you use that bat to crack open nuts. That's like, you know, that bat's worth a lot of money. I got paid $100,000 a game, right? I got paid, uh, you know, a million dollars a home run. Like, you're not using that to crack nuts. So in that type of situation, and so these are things that Sihi, Zairi, Missouri, Kivin, the capital you, he'll never allow you to use them for any other purpose. So he wants to say that this, um, this, this, uh, um, uh, that this uh, piece of leather that they use to cut the Ali Malachta Le'iser, okay, Yeah, sorry, I explained that Ali wrong. Okay, we're talking about, um, yeah, so this thing I'm using to cut my meat on, this thing I'm using to cut my meat on, that would be a Kli Shemalachtai, that's actually a Kli Oman, and it goes into the category of the Sihi Zairi Missouri, and that's why, that's why they both agree that once you cut your meat for Simchas Yantif, it's going to be Asam Risham Tiltal, it's going to be a Muktza issue. Itmar, Rav Chia Bar Abam, Rav Yechanan. So we're, now we're going back to our Mishnah where we said we had a machlekes between Rava, sorry, Rav Yehuda and Rava, whether I could only use the hammer, a nut cracking hammer to crack on my nuts, or a blacksmith's hammer, right? Or can I even use a blacksmith's hammer? That was the machlekes. Now we're going to have two other hammers that we want to discuss. Itmar, Rav Chia Bar Abba, Amar Rav Yechanan. Cornish shall zuhuvim shaninu, that I can use a goldsmith's hammer. And what we're saying is, that's right in between. That fits in between a nutcracking hammer and a hammer of nafachim. Because even though it's a klisha malach iser, since it's very easy for gold, it was a softer hammer. And it's very easy to reshape the hammer. So that would be a case where he, could, he can use it. There's more of a reason to say he'll use it for other purposes because even if it gets messed up, he'll put it back together. He'll know how to fix it. It's not that complicated to fix. Okay. And Rav Shaman Bar Abamar Kornish Shel Besamim Shaninu. That we're talking about the hammer used for Besamim. So the spice maker, in order to make spices, he had a hammer that he could mash up the spices to make spices. So mandamr de besamim, the mandamr that holds that you can repurpose a hammer that was used to crush spices, kol shekein de zehuvim. For sure, the goldsmith's hammer can be changed to use to crack open nuts. Why? Because the, the besamim so hammer, the reason why you could think maybe the reason why it's more machmer, why you wouldn't repurpose it for something else is because it gets disgusted. Right? I'm using it to prepare food. I'm not using it to bang nails in the wall. I'm using it to repair food. So I don't really want to start cracking open nuts with it. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to get yucky, okay? As opposed to, like we said, the goldsmith's hammer, um, the goldsmith's hammer is easy to repair. So there's more of a reason to say that we'll allow you to repurpose it because I can easily put it back to use for gold. So we say, right, so that's going to be ma'is. The number holds that I can use, I can repurpose a spice maker's hammer 
So then kol shekein dezehuvim. So for sure, we'll allow you on Shabbos to repurpose a goldsmith's hammer. Manda Amar shall zehuvim. Avod besamim kapitalayu. The Manda Amar that says you can repurpose a goldsmith's hammer, but the the spice maker's hammer that will have a problem with. Okay, that he will not let because again that's a problem of buzz. Okay, so we're going now into the, back into the Mishnah. We brought up the concept of a kush and a karka, right? Those are like a spindle and the, uh, you know, the weavers read, they have sharp points and we're saying that those could be repurposed to use to a spear, S-P-E-A-R, right? Like a pickle out of a jar or something. You use it to grab something. Turn around on them. Paga, we've had this before. Let's say I have a radish. Shatamna v'tevin, that is buried in straw, or becharara cookie shatamna b'gecholim, is buried in gecholim. So the problem is, I have a, something of food I want to eat. It's covered by something that's mukta. So am, what we're discussing here, toto manatzad. Am I allowed to remove the mukta item and cause, I'm sorry, remove the food item and cause the mukta to move? So, and well, or Al Yadeh, that actually Rashi is going to say, pick up the muktzah. Am I allowed to pick up the muktzah, what's called Tilta Mansad, Al Yadeh moving the fruit, the food? So I have a food buried in the ground. So in Megula Miktsasa Mutter, the Tanakhama holds that if it's partially uncovered, then it's going to be, be Mutter. Okay, because what we're saying is then you don't have to pick up the muktzah, you can kind of just slide it out and it falls on its own. You don't have to lift anything up, right? You can carefully slide it out and the items just fall on their own. You don't have to pick up the mukzah. You don't really have to move. However, if it's completely covered, then because then in order to get this item, you need to lift up the mukzah items, right? To create space. That you can actually take this kush or karkar, right? This spindle has a sharp point. You can shove it in, even though it's fully covered, and pick the item up. So you're not picking the muktzah up directly. You're not reaching in and picking the muktzah up. You're using a fork, like something like a fork, right? Or a knife or, or a needle to spear it, okay? And to pick the item up. That holds tiltil min hatzad is going to be motor. So, that you want to say tiltal minatzad means indirect. So, indirect tiltal, meaning that I'm picking the item up with a fork, and therefore I'm not touching the books of myself, and that's okay. A radish. Let's say this radish is buried in the ground, right, the normal way. So, imagine like an like a ice cream cone. Okay, so the bottom is a, is, a, is a point, and the top is wide. It's in the ground straight, the point part in the bottom. So then you're allowed to pick it up, shari, because when I pick it up, I'm not, I'm not picking up any dirt, right? I'm just picking my cone out because it's shaped, it's shaped with the point on the bottom and it gets uh, wider as it goes to the top. When I pick up the radish out of the ground, I don't have to move any dirt. However, milmata <clears throat> lamala, let's say it's inverted. Let's say it's completely buried in the ground and the wide part is all the way in the ground, and it tapers up. So now what's going to happen? Then it's going to be usser, right? Because what, what happens if I go ahead and I pick up the radish out of the ground, 
in order to get the whole thing out, I have to move the dirt. Because if it's sloped, if it's sloped down like that, right, like a, like a uh, backwards ice cream cone or like a triangle, as I pick up the radish, I'm going to have to move dirt. And if I'm moving dirt, even though I'm doing it all day picking up the radish, that is tiltum and And Rav Nachman says you're not allowed to do that. So we see Rav Nachman holds tiltum and is usher. So how could he allow me to take a fork? How could he say Allah is like meant to die that I could take a fork, shove it into the ground to get the fully covered radish and lift it up? That's the same thing as removing an inverted ice cream cone shaped radish. So the Gemara answers, Hadarbeir Rav Nachman meahi. That no, Rav Nachman went back on the pola thing. And really Rav Nachman holds that that would also be okay. That if you had it backwards, if it was in the ground, it was upside down in the ground, you pull it out, it would be fine because Ram Nachman, in fact, holds Tiltum Manatzad is Mutter. Okay, so let's move on over here. And we have Machet Shel Yavdi So we said that a hand needle, right, a needle can be taken on Shabbos, can be moved on Shabbos, not Moktzah, because it could be used to remove a thorn. Shalach. Teach us. What is the din? We've had this before as well. What is the din of a needle that it's uh, point, okay, or it's eye, it's eye or it's point was removed. Okay, so now it's just a little stick. So Okay, that what's the purpose? A, a needle can be taken on Shabbos. It is not mukta. Why? Because the thorn doesn't care if the eye or the point of the needle is removed. What we're saying is, he's asking, if I have a needle and the needle's broken, its eye is, is, is removed or the point is removed, but it's still effective to remove a thorn, what is the din? Am I allowed to take that needle on Shabbos? And he answered, yeah. He says, of course you can, because it can still remove a thorn. And what's the whole reason why we allowed you to take a needle on Shabbos? To remove a thorn. So what do I care if the eye or the needle is missing? Of, of the eye of the needle, okay, or the point, okay, is missing. We asked the following kasha, if the eye of the needle or the point of the needle are, are, are missing, it's tahira. We see that it's mevatal the shame kli. So how could you say, right? How could um, uh, uh, Rav Yosef say that the needle is still a kli for Shabbos and can be taken? We see here that if the eye or the point is removed, it's mevatel l'shem kli. I'm Rabbiya. What are you talking about? Toma Shabbos karamis? You're asking me from Toma? Toma kli ma'aseboinon. Okay. For Toma, I need a kli it needs to be a kli that can do its intended purpose. What's its intended purpose? To sew begadim. Well, if it doesn't have an eye, then it's not going to work to sew begadim. That's why it's tahar. But, I need something that has any sort of use. It doesn't, I don't need, I need to be able to use it. It does not have to be able to fulfill its intended purpose. So a needle is made to sew a baguette. I don't, for Shabbos purposes, I don't care if it's also begot because I'm ta- I'm, the reason why I'm allowed to take it on Shabbos is to remove a thorn. If I remove a thorn, that's fine. For Tumah purposes, it needs to be able to fill the, in, the purpose in which it was manufactured for. And that is not possible here. And here on Shabbos, you're able to remove a, a, a thorn with it. However, so that's what Abaya says. 
But Rabbah argues in Abai, he says, no, the one who is asking from Shabbos to Tumah is a good kasha. Why? They go hand in hand. And if it's not going to be a clee for Tumah, it's not going to be a clee for Shabbos. Loses its shame clee for Tumah. And therefore, it's no longer a clee that's allowed to be taken on Shabbos. Meisvei were asked the following kasha. Macha. If a needle, okay, does not have a hole, it, whether it has a hole or not, it's allowed to be taken on Shabbos. The only time I need my needle to have a hole, right, to be able to thread through so that it can be used to sew begadim, that's only for Tumah and not for Shabbos. So we're asking now Rubba. Rubba said that Shabbos and Tumah go hand in hand. We see clearly in this b'risa that we differentiate between Shabbos and Tumah. So So if we answer for Rubba, we're talking about an unfinished needle. Okay. So when it comes to a gomi, now this is what we're answering for Rubba. We're saying the Rubba's Rubba saying, I was talking about a kli that was a perfectly good needle. The b'risa, when it was machalik between Shabbos and Tumah, that was talking about a, what's called a gomi, we've had this before, where it's not fully manufactured yet. So I manufactured a needle, it could be used to remove a thorn, but they didn't put an eye in yet. Until we put an eye in, it can't be makabal Tumah because it's not a needle that's used to, be sewing, to, to sew thread. However, that's at the beginning of the manufacturing process. But you asked me about a needle that its eye and its point was removed. When the eye or the point of the needle has been removed, it's not a kli anymore. People don't keep that around. It's mevatel the shame kli, even though it could be theoretically used to remove a thorn. You know what I'm going to do if I have a little tiny needle? I have, a, I have a three cent needle and the eye or the point is removed. I chuck it in the garbage. I'm not going to keep it there. I'm not going to use it to be Makabal Thor, and therefore it's Mukta, right? I don't, since I throw it away, for my, for my purposes, it's not considered a Kli that's Nitto on Shabbos, and it's going to be Mukta. Asuvi Yanuka. So now Asuvi Yanuka was swaddling a baby. So what they used to do, the initial swaddling of the baby, okay, what they used to do was um, the, the baby had, the limbs were like a little, they had to get set when it came out of the body. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what they did in the birthing process in those days but they would have to swaddle the baby to reset the limbs. So we're donning here on a concept called misaking gavra, fixing a person. Just like we know you can't be misaking a kli. What about swaddling a baby on Shabbos where you're fixing the person? So uh, Rav Nachman Aser, Rav Nachman says it's Aser. You're fixing a person, like fixing a kli. Rav Shesh Shari says it's Motor. Um, Rav Nachman, how do I know that it's Aser? It says, ain't oisim. Apik to Yuzin, Bishabis, you can't make Apik to Yuzin. Now, Apik to Yuzin is, uh, let's say a person, it was, uh, it, it, it was the key tool of the ancient bulimic people. All right, let's say I ate more. I ate a bunch, but I wanted to eat more. Okay, but I'm full. So what do I do? I drink some Apik to Yuzin, and it makes me throw up, and now I can eat again. Okay, but the point is, you can't, um, you can't make Apik to Yuzin on Shabbos. It is not, again, this is not because you're sick, but it's because I want to be misakin' myself so I can eat more. So we say you can't make it. Why? Because it's misakin' gavra. 
So we see that fixing a person, right, improving or whatever, misakin is of a person, fixing a person, is usher. So too, swallowing a baby to reset the limbs, right, to get an adjustment, right, to reset the limbs and swallow them would also be usher. Rav Shesha, Rav Shesha argues, this is hasam lav orcha, okay, a piktiyuzin is not the normal way. It's not like uh, you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you take throw up juice so that you can eat. It's not normal. Okay, and therefore, that's why you can't do it. So that's why it fits into the category of Nesak and Gavra and its Asr. Ha-ha orcha. When it comes to the baby, they used to normally swaddle. That every baby that came out needed this to be done. And Rashi explains it's like uh, feeding him or, or, or nursing him, right? I mean, this is part of the standard... You know, the baby in the morning, you wake up, right? You swaddle it, you change the diaper, you swaddle it, you feed it, right? So it's part of the normal process. It doesn't fit into the category of misaking gavri. Omar of Sheshis, Minah Minala. How do I know? Okay. How do I know this? Where do I know that it's going to be okay? The Tanan, we learned it from our case, Machat Shel Yad Litobal Sakoitz. Okay, that we see that doing something that is not a refuah. So it's doing something that's not a rafua, but yet fixes the person. Okay, where we're drawing these lines are interesting. So draw, right? So the baby, it's not a rafua. I'm just swallowing and it fixes the baby. We're going to consider that orche and therefore it's going to be mutter. I know that from the case of that we're allowed to remove a thorn on Shabbos. That's also, it's not a rafua. There's no magic potion over here, right? There's no medicinal value to removing a thorn, thorn, right? And yet, we allow you to take the needle to remove the thorn that's also, um, (coughs) that's fixing a person with something that is not a refuah, okay? That doesn't have a problem of what's called shigasamamanim, that you're not grinding up medicine or anything, so it's not a refuah. And I know from this case of of a thorn, removing the thorn, that it's going to be mutter. Rav Nachman, he argues, he says, no, there's a big difference. Hasam pakud, hachalay pakud, that when it comes to the thorn, okay, it's stuck in. All you're doing is removing something that's stuck in. You're not readjusting anything. You're not fixing the person. You're just removing something that's sticking out of him. But our case of swaddling the baby, you're doing a readjustment, and therefore he's going to hold that that is called being misaking gabra, that is called fixing. Okay, but... Well, either way, that one we said that that's lav orche. That's why it's going to be. You know, right? If it's something that's normal, then we're saying it's less masakin. Again, it's very interesting where we're drawing these lines over here, right? But we're saying if it's something that's not normally done. Now, the question is, once it's normally done, am I going to consider the? Do I differentiate between legal lethal sakites? And swaddling the baby, Rev, Rev Nachman says yes. He holds swaddling is usher because it's still masakin. Rav Shesha says holds no that it's the same thing. Okay, Zakta Mishnah. So they had a straw. Okay, in those days they would put the um, olives in like a big basket or a vat to ripen, and they wanted to know when it was ripe. Right? How would you know when it's ripe? When it's plump? If it drips out some oil? So they would take the uh, they had a kana, is a, a straw or a, um, a stick. Shalzesim, an olive a turnover stick. So they would go, they'd have a huge vat, and they would use a stick to, to stir the olives and be able to move them around to see if they were ripe or not. 
im yesh kesher b'roishai, if it has a knob on the top, it has a thick part on the top, then it's going to be makabal tumah, then it won't be makabal tumah, then it won't be makabal tumah, Either way, it can be taken on Shabbos. So we're going to just down the Tumah aspect here. Zakta Gemara, Amai. Why is it going to be Makabal Tumah if it has a knob? It is a Pshute Kli'etz. It's just a stick. And a stick is not Makabal Tumah. How do we know? Why? My time we done it to sackcloth, you know. Because we were mockish wood to sackcloth. And we said, just like sackcloth needs to have what's called a base kibble, so to wood, in order to Makabal Tumah, it has to have a base kibble. So why is it that if the stick just has a knob on the top, why would that be enough to make this stick makabal tumma? So the Gemara says, You know why? Because in this knob, it did have a base kibble, that there was a part of this, there was some sort of a, a space or hole where when you, would, when you would take this stick and stir the olives, if the olives were ripe and they were leaking a little bit, what ripe means that they were, they were plump, and they were leaking a little bit of oil, what it would do is, it would fill up this uh, meter inside there, right? And based on how full this meter was, he would know how ripe the zesim were. So he would take it, it's almost like the ancient, you know, you have like those uh, meat thermometer temperatures when you're grilling, you know, you stick in to see what the inside temperature is. So you like, they, you take the stick, and he swirls around the olives, and then he takes it out, and he sees on the vial Okay, if there's oil in a base kibble there on that stick, that's how these sticks were made, then he knows that the olives are ripe, ready to, you know, be pressed, right? So, so there is a base kibble, that's the bottom line. There is a base kibble. And since it's a base kibble, therefore it's makabal toma. Zuck the Mishnah. Rabbi Yisiyam, we're getting back to our sugya now. Kol hakelim nitalen chutz min amasar hagadol Any kalim, any kli, can be moved on Shabbos, not a problem with Muktzah, except for Maser Agadol, the Yaseid Shamachresha. That is a large saw, or a Yaseid Shamachresha is like a blade of a, of a plow. And what we're saying is, these are Kalim that are, that fit into that category we discussed, that are clay Uman, they're Kalim that you would not repurpose to use for anything else. And therefore, these are always going to be muktza. You cannot use them even for a purpose. You cannot re- they cannot be repurposed to be used on Shabbos. And therefore, they're always going to be muktza. If let's say you had... So this is like a, uh, a rack that they used to use. Rashi has uh, to either the clean clothes. It was some sort of rack with holes in it. And they would put the clothes on. They put the clothes on there. Either they used to put water through it, or they would put uh, spices under it. And it was like the final step of the cleansing process when it, they were done washing. You know, they get the stains out, so they would make the the baget smell good by putting spices under it, and it would go through the holes and it would make the. Uh, so when you picked your clothes up from the cleaners, it would smell nice. So we're saying that's also that's considered a kli uman, and therefore it's always going to be mukti. That is a tanner's knife. A butcher's cleaver. A carpenter's axe. These are always going to be like basically, they are very specific kalim for an uman, and they may not be repurposed. Okay, Tanarabanan. We have a brisa here. Burishaina Hayu Oimrim. Originally they said only Shlesha Kalim 
Nitalam B'Shabbos, only three Kalim. So what we're saying is, and we're going to explain this later, but basically what happened was Nehemiah came back, Nehemiah came in the, in the, in the times of the Bayashani, and he saw that B'nai Yisrael were being Mizalzal and Muktzah. They were Mizalzal and Shabbos, they kept the stores open, okay? They were not being so Machved about Shabbos. So what did he do? He went into full lockdown, okay? It's going to parallel our lives over here. Okay? He went into full lockdown, locked everything down and said, you can't use any kalim at all except for the following three. Only three. Miktsaya <coughs> shal a knife made for cutting uh, figs. Vizuama lis trun shal kadeira, and a ladle to remove the scum off the top of a pot. So when they cooked the soup, it would be like a fuzz, so the ladle to remove that. Vizaka katana shagabi shulchan, and a table knife. But even a table fork could not be used. He went crazy. He went full lockdown. Hetiru, they went into phase one, and they allowed Hetiru. He allowed some Kalim. Bechazer v'etiyu, phase two. Bechazer v'etiyu, phase three. Acha'amru kola Kalim. And then he finally, after three phases, they opened everything up. Mamish, I can't make it up. Nitalan b'shavet, okay. Acha Amru, until they said, Kola Kalim, Nitalan b'shavet, you can take all Kalim, Chutzman, Masra, Gola, Bisechan, Achresha. So our Mishnah, which said these two are the only ones not allowed, that was even after they allowed everything, they said, you can't take these two Kalim, which are basically saying, all Kalim can be repurposed. Okay, we'll have to see in a second here. This is going to be a like this. All can get repurposed, except for these Kli Uman, these very specific Kalim, which can never, which is Miyache, the person's never, before Shabbos, he, he has in mind, I'm never going to use them for anything else. So, Mayatiru, so what are these phases? Tell me, what can I do in phase one? Mayatiru, Vachazer, Vitiru, Vachazer, Vitiru. Amar Abaya. So, Hitiru. So, originally everything was locked down. Can't use even a fork. So then he said, you know what? A fork, you can use a fork. That's a klisha It's made to eat by food. I need to use the fork to eat. So we allowed that. And then what did we, what is phase two? Then we said, I could use a fork, even if I don't need to eat with the fork, I don't need to use the fork, but even two, I need the place where the fork is lying. Then they said, even something that's a klisha malachta le'iser, a blacksmith's hammer to crack open nuts, they allowed that. That I can't use it to move that item if I need it, if I need that space there. But if I need to crack open a nut, I can take it. And... But, so that's, and then according to Abayah, that's where it stopped, right? And I, what, there was one additional thing. What's the kol ha-kelem, that they lifted everything? That means I can take any kele. Originally, they said, for all these things, any kele that I'm allowed to take, the blacksmith's hammer, the fork, any kelem, that I, it's a klish, either a klisha malachte leheter, letzerich gufoy, or letzerich mekamei, or a klisha malachte leiser letzerich gufoy, to use, to repurpose. We said you could take that only if it's not so heavy. As long as it can be taken with one hand, but if it requires two hands, that's still going to be usher. And what was so, and what is the full removal of all restrictions? That is, right, the full removal, even a keli that requires two hands, I can take. Rava doesn't like a bias phase one, phase two, phase three, and full removal, right? So, well, let's see. We're saying 
The phase one, a phase allows you to use the Kali. We didn't say for what purpose. Therefore, it should make no difference. And this is a fundamental difference you have to know in, in, in Machlekes that Rabba holds versus Abaya. I'm sorry, that Rabba holds versus Abaya. Okay? Rabba holds that there's no difference between moving a Kli, L'tzarech Gufay, meaning to use this, to use this Kli for something, or L'tzarech Mekaymai, because I need this, the, the space where this Kli is lying. So if I have a blacksmith's hammer, according to Abaya, if I need to crack open a nut, then I can take the hammer and crack open the nut. But if I just need this space on the table, I need to put something else on that space, I'm not allowed to move it. Rubber holds is no different. If I'm allowed to repurpose it to crack open a nut, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to move it to even, uh, to, if I need this space. Except Rubber will agree that what, remember we started today discussing this? The third category is if this item is sitting in the sun and it's going to get removed, Rubble will agree that I cannot remove this hammer, right? I can't remove this clee to save the clee itself. So let's see Rubble's faces. El Amar Rubble, right? First phase one, they said you can use a fork. It doesn't matter if I want to repurpose the item. I want to use the fork to eat or I need the space where the fork is. Then they said, you know what? If it's a clee, I will allow you to move the clee just to save the clee itself. So if I, have a, uh, if I have a fork or something and it's sitting out and it's going to get ruined, right? It's going to be a wood fork and it's going to get ruined by too much water. I don't know. Okay. Then I'm allowed to move that inside. Vechazra, so that was, that was, um, um, uh, that was phase two. Phase three, Vechazra, Vehitzira, Davashamalafte, Leisser, phase three was saying that it will allow you to repurpose, let's say, a hammer, Litzarach Kuvay, Ulitzarach Mekayman, in Mechamal Tzaloi, okay, and that remains usher, that, let's say, a hammer, blacksmith's hammer, so whether I need the space or I need to crack open the nut, Rubble will allow you to move it, but to save the hammer itself, that he will not allow. And he says, but still, even when we lifted all three phases, still, it's only something that can be taken with one person. That's too heavy, right? So if it's two people, no. The final res- lifting of all restrictions was, even with two people. Now we're going to ask our, our kasha again. We had that we started today. I asked the following kasha. Maducha. When it comes to a mortar, that if the mortar has garlic, I'm allowed to be metaltalit. And if it doesn't, I am not allowed to be metaltalit. So Abai is saying, okay, according to me, this makes sense because what is ein metaltalit? But according to you, Rava. According to you, Rava, you hold that even if I need the space when the mortar is, I'm allowed to move it. Why did it say if it has shum, you're allowed to carry it? If it doesn't have garlic, you're not allowed to carry it. What do you mean? Rava holds even in Tzarek Mekayma, you're allowed to move a klisha melachtoi le'eser. So the Gemara says, Achamayaskinon mechamalitzel, to which Rava agrees that we're talking about when the Bryce has said if, it does, if the mortar does not have garlic on it, you may not move it. That is talking about to save the kli itself, mechamal itself. Eisve, right? Our second b'risa again, v'shavin, b'shamitz hilagrish, and kitzav alav basar, 
Again, this piece of leather that I use as a cutting board, if I cut meat on it, it's also letaltel. Okay, again, and Abayah is saying, why is it also letaltel? If, if you rava, according to you rava, you hold that any kli, shemalachta iser, they remove the restriction and you're allowed to use it either letzarech gufai, because you need to do something with it, or letzarech mek. So you should be allowed to move it. So why are you saying Aser? So again, the Gemara answers, We're answering also, that Rabbah will agree that if you want to move an item to save the Kli itself, that it's going to be Aser. That this whole, this whole Tan Rabbanan that we learned, that they went into lockdown and then removed the restrictions, that was in the times, like I explained, Nechemia Menchachalia, as it says, they, uh, they went to the olives, the wine presses, right? And they were pressing wine on Shabbos, and maybe in Arimais, they were bringing heaps of bundles of stuff from the field. Okay, one more Gemara over here. That all these things, that we're going to bring five Mishnas now, that we say things are Aser. That all came before, that all came before they lifted the restrictions. You want to know why these five missions list things that are also? Because they listen. So Kinen, so, uh, or Kanen, sorry, Kanen, the uh, poles, the Tanan. That we're talking about that on the Shulchan, right? So the Shulchan and the Beis HaMikdash, they had uh, the table. And then you had a structure of tubes and poles to separate between the bread, so they could stack the bread, so they wouldn't get moldy. So we're saying that that, right, that you cannot, uh, putting the sticks up and the poles up and taking it down is not Deich Shabbos. Why? Okay, and we're saying that that was only, what were we saying? That is only before we lifted the restrictions. Once we lifted the restrictions, they were actually allowed to do it on Shabbos. Did Tanam. Makos Daklin, Chalkin, Chalukin uh, smooth poles hayusham in the base of mikdash minichai. Okay, sorry, uh, I went on to the next one. Maklois, that is sticks. Okay, now what happened over here? That in order to do havshata to skin the animal, so they would hang the animal up and then they would skin it. Now what happened was in erev pesach, you had everybody in Kal Yisrael bringing a carbon pesach. They didn't have enough hooks, so what they used to do was they would take a stick and two people would hold it on their shoulders. They would put a hook on the stick hang up the animal, and skin it right there. They make makeshift, you know, like these Purell stands that you see around here. They're not real Purell stands, right? I mean, they, we put it together because we have a crisis. The Tanan, Maklois, the sticks, Dakin, thin sticks, Hayusham, I'm um, sorry, Maklois, Dakin, Chalokin, smooth sticks. They put one on one person's shoulder, one on the other person's shoulder. They would hang the animal up on these sticks and do Afshata. What did they used to do on if it was Shabbos. So again, we're now we're going to talk about Mubta. They would make, instead of using sticks, they would put the hands, right? You put your, we stand next to each other, hand over here, the other guy puts his hand over there, we create a stick between the two of our hands, hang the animal on there, hang the animal over there, and do Afshata on that. Why? Because he held that it was usher to take sticks, smooth sticks on Shabbos. Okay? And again, we're saying that's also before this takana and the lifting of the restrictions on Nehemia. Glustrois, what's that? Glustra, what's that case? The Tanan Nagar, a bolt. Sheshbersha Glustra that has a uh, like a protrusion at the edge. 
right? So it has almost like a ball. Imagine like a, a, a bolt that has a ball at the end. Bolt used to, to lock a door has a ball at the end. So that you can move it from one doorway to the other. Okay? Because uh, you, you can move it, right? <clears throat> That's what he's saying. That you can drag it. You can't fully, fully pick it up and move it. It's a klisha malach de la'isr. It's used as a door bolt. Okay. Tarfin says, no, you're actually allowed to move it. And we'll see exactly, right? So what we're saying is that he holds that why can't you move it? Because it's, it fits into the category of a regular klisha malach de la'isr Okay, Lutzarech Makaimai, why can't you move it? And he says, because that was before the Gzeira, before that was before they lifted all the restrictions. And that's why it's Asr. Maducha had Amran, and Maducha was like we said. So Amr Rabbah, Rabbah doesn't like this. So we're trying to say all these five cases are ones, you know why they're all Asr? They're all Asr because they were before we lifted the restrictions of, of Nechemi Mechachalia. Amr Rabbah, no, Rabbah says not true. Dilma, I can tell you, each one has a reason why it's usher. Maybe this is after the restrictions were lifted, and really all kalim are allowed to be taken, with very few exceptions. And why in the base of Mikdash did they not allow you to put up the poles for the, for the lechem upon him? That's because you can do it on Matzah Shabbos. The bread's not going to get moldy in a few hours. And Maklois. Why didn't they allow you to use poles on Shabbos to do your hafshata on uh, Erev, Erev Pesach? And he says, you know why? Because Efshakar Belazar. Because we have another way to do it. So we'd rather not allow you to take something that, has a, that, that, that could be mukta. Gulostrois. And what about the, the door bolt? What about that one? He says, We're not talking about, it's not a mukta issue, but rather it's a chatzar mu'ureves. The chatzar was not mu'ureves. And therefore, Rabbi Shua Savar Teicha Pesach Dami. He holds that Teicha Pesach is the is Lifnim, meaning that inside the doorway has a dinner versus Hayachid. It's like part of the house. And you will now be taking, okay, an item that is supposed to be part of the house, like which is Hayachid, into a Chatzar. It doesn't have an ear. And therefore, he says you can't take it, but. Okay, you can do, you can drag it, you can do shemta, which is tilto manatzad, that is some sort of muktza minatzad with a shinoi. You can do it if you need to. If tarfin savar pes techa pesel kilo chutz dummy, that it's part of the chutzer, umana the chutzer, but chutzer kamatatel, and I do not need an arif, I only need an arif to carry from the house into the chutzer. But to carry a kli that's already in the chutzer before Shabbos, I don't need an arif for. So if you hold that the pesach, the doorway, is considered in the chutzer, and the door bolt is in the, in the doorway, that's already the chutzr, so I don't need an Erev, and that's why I can move it. Okay, Maducha Rebbe Nechemiah, and Maducha is Rebbe Nechemiah, who holds that a kli can only be taken, the Dover Hanitzel, the Shabbos, for its purpose, okay, on Shabbos. Um, It's late, so I'm just going to send out the. Uh, I'm going to send out the review here, but there's a good chart here if you want to. I, I, I did a chart if you want to expl- uh, to see the machlekes between um, Abaya and Rava in regards to the phases. Okay, the three phases, but uh, I'm going to get running because it's late here, and uh, we'll see you in Mitzvah tomorrow. Okay, Kol Tov.